Hello, this is Basil Howard Brown, and welcome to Messages of Revival. I'm so excited to share this word with you right now. I believe it's a timely one and will minister the love of Jesus to you. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and all things have become new. God is good. And remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God bless. Sweet presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Acts. You may be seated. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 2. We started up here with this, I believe, a week ago. I just feel led to stay here and just keep, keep going wherever the Holy Spirit wants to go. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank God for revival. Thank God for the outpouring of His Spirit. Thank God that when we show up at church, He always moves. Needs are always being met. People are always being set free. An encounter with God changes everything. It can take a marriage that's on the rocks, it's a bad marriage, it's about to, you know, about to have a divorce, and he can restore everything. In actual fact, God can make it a better marriage than what it was to start with. Are you listening to me? That's what God does. You know, we, we and I keep telling people, when they're going through difficult times and struggling and issues are going on in their life, I tell them, you have to get into the anointing. You have to get into the river of God where the anointing of God is flowing because when you do your life, you'll have that encounter and your life will never be the same. There's something about the anointing of God. We cannot get away from the anointing. Look, I believe in the teaching and the preaching of the Word because we do that all the time. But I don't only want to preach the Word and teach the Word. I want to see the demonstration of the power of God Signs, wonders, and miracles follow the teaching and the preaching of the Word. Why, why are there so many churches all over the nation that they'll teach and preach the Word, but there's no demonstration of the power whatsoever? Hello. Then they wonder why people are in such a mess. It's not like we, we, we just get the Word and then that's the only diet we have. We have to have the Word. That's our foundation. But there's also an anointing, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, like the day of Pentecost. We have to have that encounter with God, and He's got to purify the vessel. He's got to fill the vessel with His glory, with His presence, with His anointing, which brings about a change on the inside of us. The heart of man has to change. Hello? Let me tell you something. We've traveled the nation and we've met some pastors over the years and you can see they're pretty beat up. But, but then you get around their wife and she is as hard as nails. I mean, she's tough. She's snappy. And they have very little to do with the guest speakers. And the reason being is because over the years, people have beat on them so badly 
that they're just really going through the motions of pastoring a church, but they're actually not pastoring it to the way they should be. Because they're beat. They're beat up. The only way that they can turn from that way is to have that encounter with God and allow that anointing to come and change the heart. Take out the stony heart, put in a heart of flesh. Change me, soften me on the inside. Drop your love back on the inside of me. That's what has to happen. Hello? You know, we had a lady show up at our church one day and after being there, her and her husband, after being there for, I don't know, maybe six weeks, she came to my wife and she said, you know, I really love the church. I love the people here. She said, this, is, this church is so different to where I come from. And she said, the church I was at before, and she's kind of a heavyset lady, and the, she said to my wife, she said, the church I was at before, she said, when I showed up on a Sunday morning, there was, there was a certain cliques of people, and some of the ladies would be in a clique. And, you know, they would comment, oh, here comes the fat cow to church. And she said, I'm kind of amazed that nobody at your church ever say that to me. My wife looked at her like, are you kidding? Really? You mean, you mean Christians actually said that? See, when I hear people say that, my first response to that is this. You need to get saved. Nobody that's saved that's full of Jesus is going to talk like that. Are you listening to me? And she couldn't believe that nobody at the church ever picked up on her weight. And we were like, well, I, my God, are you kidding with me? We don't, that's not the way we're made. We're not made that way. We're not wired that way. Are you listening to me? But that's how a lot of churches go. There's strife, there's bickering, there's backbiting. You know what? When God's in the house, none of that stuff can be there. Oh, you listen to me. When God's in the house, none of that stuff can be there. When you get full of Jesus, there is no strife. I'm not saying you're not going to have any difficulties and you're going to have to work through some things, but when, when, when you're full of Jesus, there's no strife. Hello? That's why I love revival and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, because people can come in... And if they allow the Holy Spirit to do what He does, they allow Him or allow the Holy Spirit to fill them and saturate them and change them, their life will never be the same. Never be the same. You know, you meet Christians and they're going through hard times and difficult times and you meet the, the family dynamics and, and it's a bit of a mess. And I mean, the first thoughts, my first thoughts is the anointing. We need to get them under the spout. Hello? When your wife gets under the spout, all attitudes go. Hello? I'm telling you right now, when your wife gets under the spout, when she gets under the anointing, all attitudes go. People say, what about my husband? He's got the attitude. Yeah, when he gets under the spout, the attitude goes too. Hello? I don't care who you are, your kids, if they're running around with attitudes, let them get under the anointing. I'm telling you right now, all that stuff changes. All that stuff changes. All of a sudden, they're doing better at school. All of a sudden, things are changing around about them. All of a sudden, they're doing their chores at home. Why? Because they get full of Jesus. Are oh, you listening to me? They get full of the Holy Ghost. 
oh, we don't, we don't want the move of God in our church, well, then you're going to have problems. I just think this to myself, listen, who am I that I can exclude God out of my church and, 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 and push Him aside, and I'm going to just go ahead and preach the Word, and this is going to be sufficient. It's not going to be sufficient. It's like, it's like having one part of your diet, and the other part you're missing. Hello? This day of Pentecost was vitally important that God send the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit came as a comforter to us. He's our comforter. You know, the Spirit of the living God lives on the inside of us. He dwells. Our body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. How can, if we allow the Holy Spirit to live big on the inside of us, how can we have an attitude? How can we hate somebody else? Hello? You know, I'm, 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 I'm not trying to get, get out there a little bit tonight, but let me tell you what, there's some reverence. There are some reverence that run around this, this great nation of America. They call themselves reverence. They have no clue about being reverent at all. And all they do is they bring up these, these racial issues and make racial issues out of nothing. Oh, you listen to me. What they need is an encounter with God Almighty because I don't even believe these reverends are even saved. I don't believe they're born again. Because if they were born again, they wouldn't talk so much rubbish. Hello? And all they do is they stir hatred between black people and white people because of their agenda. But when you get full of the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what color you are. Hey, I'm from Africa. I grew up in apartheid. I know all about apartheid. I remember the benches in the parks at whites only. I remember going to post offices where there was a white post office and then over here was a black post office. I grew up in that era. You can't come and talk to me about apartheid. I know all about apartheid. But can I tell you what? Right now, I don't see color. I, I look for Jesus. That's what I do. I look for Jesus. And I don't care what your color is. If you have an attitude and you've got an issue and you've got a problem, then you need Jesus. Whether you be black or you be white, it doesn't make any difference. You need Jesus. Are you listening to me? And we've been accused of being racist, but you know, I don't really care what people say. It doesn't bother me. I know what I am. Amen. And that's just a thing in America right now. I mean, look, if you don't like Starbucks, you're racist. Really. I mean, if you don't, if, you know, if you drive a, uh, you know, a Ford truck, you're a racist. If you drive a Ram, you're not. But if you drive a Ford truck, I mean, <laughs> you're a racist. I mean, they make a racist out of everything. It's like, really, you don't even know what that means. See, and the crazy thing is the church allow all that hatred to come in. And they allow that division to come in to the church when, when it shouldn't be so. Because guess what? One day, one day, we'll be walking in the streets of gold. And there'll be multicolored people in the place. From all nations, from all walks of life, from all backgrounds. Because Jesus died for every one of them. Hello. 
It's not about color. The only, the only difference between an African person and a white person is that the African person was left in the oven a little longer. Hello. They got a little more baked than we did. Are you listening to me? What else can I say? <laughs> but we can make it a racist thing and make it a big deal. And, but you know what? If Jesus was here, it wouldn't be about that at all. Are you listening to me? We need the Holy Ghost. I said we need the Holy Ghost. When God's moving, God's moving through African people, moving through white people, moving through Asian people, it doesn't matter. He's still moving through them. We're still the vessel. We're still the container. God doesn't look at us and go, you this, you that, I can't do this. No, He moves through hungry people. He moves through thirsty people. I mean, every church we've pioneered have been multiple races coming through there, and, and we love it. And I've been to churches where some pastors say, man, we wish we could have some African people in the church. And I'm like, oh, you don't have any? Wow. Well, I'm sorry for you. We always have them hanging around. Maybe because I'm African, Albano African, I don't know. But, but you know, we, we love people. We want, to see, we want to see a nation of America raised up, getting full of the Holy Ghost, getting set on fire for God, and doing something for the kingdom. And let me tell you what, there's areas and places that you can go into that I can't go into. There's people that you can reach that I can't reach. There's people that I can reach that you can't reach. So it's the army of God that God's raising up and He's going to use no matter who you are, if you're hungry and thirsty and place a demand on the anointing, God is going to use you in these last days for the extension of the kingdom of heaven. And let me tell you what, it's not where you come from, it's not what you've done, it's not how bad of a life you've had, it's about what you surrender to God today, tonight, next week, next month, next year. It's about the surrender that you make to Him. That is what's going to cause the move of God to come in your life and then through your life. It's all about that surrender. People say, man, you don't know how bad of a life I've had. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. In actual fact, let me tell you what, you, you're the person that Jesus came for. Hello? You're the one that he came for. Come on now. He came for the sinner. He came for the brokenhearted. He came for those that are in need. That's why he died on the cross. See, you see what it's about is it's about the soul. That's what it's about. It's not about the color of the skin or where they're from or what they've done or if they're homeless or not. It's about the soul. And that's something I've had to learn over the years. The Lord, the Lord taught me something. He taught me a very strong lesson. Because, you know, my, my, my older daughter, and I've shared this before, but my older daughter got married to a young man and, 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 and then they, they had a baby. Well, three weeks after they had a baby, he committed adultery on her. And, 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 and he went off to his brother's wedding and then committed the adultery. So, of course, all this came out in the wash. And then there was a separation. And then there was a divorce. The, the, the kid wouldn't admit to it. And he wouldn't repent from it. And, you know, I did everything in my power. I mean, I nearly had a jail ministry. I can tell you right now. I nearly had a jail ministry for life. <laughs> it took everything within me not to do any. I mean, everything within me. 
And I tell you what, I've spoken to God about this boy many, many times over. And I remember one time I was talking to God about him, and I was, I was mad at the boy, I was mad at him, and, 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 and the Lord stopped me, and he said, Basil, he said, I actually love him. And when he said that, I started crying, and I repented. I said, God, if you love him, then I'll love him too. See, even though he did wrong, Jesus still loves him. You see what I mean? That's, that's the love of Jesus, which changed my heart. Now, now, you know, I might have a fleshly moment every now and again. <laughs> but, but I have to walk in love to this man. Do I want to clean his clock? Oh, yeah. But I have to walk in love for, to him. Why? Because Jesus loves him. Who am I to condemn somebody who Jesus loves? You see, once we get a revelation of that, it literally changes everything around about us. Oh, listen to me. It changes the way we look at people. It changes the way, way we think about people. The worst person in the world. Jesus loves them. Thank God for the day of Pentecost. Thank God for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Because that, that literally has tra transformed our lives so we can actually put aside all this stuff, spend time with our Heavenly Father in His presence. It's not like we have to look at God's presence from afar because the Spirit of the living God lives on the inside of us. So we can actually be enveloped and feel and live on a daily basis in the presence of God Almighty. Which I can tell you right now, I don't know how Christians live on a daily basis without feeling and experiencing the presence of God Almighty on them every single day. I feel God's presence every day. I wake up in the morning and I just start talking to the Lord and I just feel the presence of God. I go, ah, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a great day. Woo, I feel it. Hello. I'm talking to God before anybody's awake. I'm just having fellowship with the Lord. What's up today, Lord? What, what, what are we going to do today? Hello. I drive down the road. I talk to God. I just tell Jesus often through the day, Jesus, I love you so much. I love you so much. And you know, every time I tell him that, I always feel the presence of God just coming on me. It's like he's just telling me, Basil, I love you too. Are you listening to me? See, that's all because of the day of Pentecost. Because before the day of Pentecost, you know, you couldn't, become, you couldn't walk into the presence of God. But today we can. That's why we see the demonstration of the power of God in the meeting. Because we can actually come into his presence just as we are. This is a relationship that we have. I said it's a relationship that we have. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them. The Bible says in verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Imagine that, the day of Pentecost, wind fire, and they get filled with the Holy Ghost. And then they begin to speak with other tongues. 
They didn't speak with other tongues and then get filled. They got filled and then spoke. We bypassed the filling, of, the infilling of the Holy Spirit and try to get people speaking in other tongues. Go ahead, just speak. Go, go ahead, say whatever comes to you. How about getting people full of the Holy Ghost? You get them full of the Holy Ghost, they'll speak in other tongues. We've had people come down in the line saying, I don't have a heavenly language. Filled! On the way down. Hello. But it's that encounter they have with the Holy Spirit. He's a, he's a gift to us. We've been, we've been given the Holy Spirit as a gift. Hello. We should walk and live every day in the presence of God Almighty because of the Spirit of the living God that's living on the inside of us. Every day. In actual fact, we should be so filled with God that people around about us look at us in amazement, wondering what is going on. How come are you so happy? How come are you so blessed? Why do you always look like you're drunk? Why are you always so happy? Why are you never down? Why are you never depressed? Show you why. In verse 12, says, They were all amazed and went down, saying one to another, What means this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. That's what happens with us today. Hello, we drink of the new wine of the Holy Spirit. We become filled, saturated, and we get drunk on the Spirit. It's legal. It's our right as a believer to get full of the Holy Ghost to a point where we are intoxicated by the presence of God Almighty. We can live in that intoxication every day. We can walk in that intoxication every day. It's, it's our right as a believer. I don't want to ever be, you know, sober. Hello. I always want to be on the edge of one little drop. Hello. Come on now. People say, well, shouldn't you sober up through the week? No. You want to drink through the week. You want to stay drunk through the week because that's where you need it. It's one thing to get filled and get drunk in church. It's another thing to get filled and drunk in the workplace. These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing that it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. <laughs> It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. The last time I looked, I was all flesh. So I'm living with an expectation of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God being poured out upon me. I'm desperate for the Spirit of the Lord to be poured out upon me because I'm all flesh. God, go ahead. Pour your Spirit out upon me. Fill me up. I'm all flesh. You promised that. You said that. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. (laughs) 
See, what we see happening in the meetings is not out of the ordinary. Acts of fact, it's normal. You know, joy is actually normal. Depression is abnormal. But joy is normal. To have joy on a daily basis is actually normal. The church has just made joy to be something that is out there that we shouldn't have because life is serious. Not really. Life really ain't serious. If you make life too serious, you'll get depressed. Hello. Life actually sometimes is a big joke, especially when it's involving the world. No, I stay, I stay on the edge. I want, I want that joy. I want that infilling every day. I want to be saturated every day. I never want to get on the bank. I don't want to get dry. You still have joy in your meetings? Oh, yeah. Joy is in every meeting. Every Wednesday night, every Sunday night, any other night, joy will be there. Hello. Joy, joy is here right now. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Joy, joy is always in the meeting. Why? Because it's the joy of the Lord. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to come do whatever you want to do. Then he shows up with joy. Then people get upset. Do you know somebody that's depressed? Do you know somebody in the church that's depressed? You don't know anybody in the church that's depressed? No, um, any church. I mean, yeah. What do you think they need? More depression? They need an infilling of the Holy Spirit. They need some joy. They need, they need some laughter. They need some medication. Hello? Just medicate yourself every day. And it's very simple to medicate yourself. Just ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. He, he, he. If you do that repeatedly, you will eventually start the old motor. And the engine will start to turn over. And then the joy will begin to bubble out your belly. You lift your hands to heaven in your room and say, Lord, I thank you for joy. I thank you for the joy of the Lord that is my strength. I thank you, Lord God, that's bubbling out of my belly, a river of living water. And I'm telling you right now, it'll begin to bubble. And joy will come forth. And you'll be strong in the day because the joy of the Lord will be your strength. I tell you right now, sometimes we have to work at it. Sometimes your flesh doesn't want to do that. The last thing the flesh wants is joy. Well, we don't, we, don't, we don't want to be happy today. You know, we had a difficult day yesterday, and a rough light night last night, and the last thing we want to do is laugh. It's just the flesh. Let me give you a remedy to sort out the flesh. You take your hand, you move it six inches away from your face, and then bring it hard and fast and continues, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And soon the flesh will go, okay, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. I'll do whatever you want. Ha, ha, ha. And let me tell you what, people are going to think you're crazy. They will, they will think you're crazy. You're always happy, you're always, 
I think that lady needs a little medication. She needs, she needs some downers because she's always up. She's always on the heart. She's always happy. Something wrong with her. I think she's something wrong with her. Actually, excessive joy is actually being diagnosed as a disease, by the way. Hello? No, depression is a disease. Joy is not a disease. Joy comes from the Lord. Laughter is like a medicine. They were accused on the day of Pentecost from drinking sweet intoxicating wine. In other words, they looked at the disciples and they said, you boys are drunk. What gave them the impression that they were drunk? By their mannerism. By the way, they probably staggered around. That's what drunk people do. They stagger around. You don't look at somebody that's totally sober and then think to yourself, hmm, I wonder what you've been drinking. No, you'd look at somebody when they're staggering around and, and walking around like a drunk person and the first thing that crosses your mind is they're drunk. Ever gone down the road and seen somebody staggering around and go, oh my God, they had too much to drink. But you drive past somebody that's sober that's walking their dog and you don't think, my God, I think they had something too much to drink. Because they haven't been drinking. So obviously on the day of Pentecost, their mannerism gave them away. What they were doing gave them away. They're full of sweet intoxicating wine. No, 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 you don't understand. It's got nothing to do with wine in the natural. They've been drinking of the new wine of the Holy Ghost. They're filled and saturated with God Almighty. They're filled and saturated with the presence of God Almighty. Why did the church not stay with this? Why did the church not stay with the intoxication of the Holy Ghost? Why did we not stay with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Why do we allow religion and tradition to come in and, and box us in and take us out of the move of the Spirit of God? Why do we allow that to happen? That's why the church is in a mess like they are. That's why the church is dead, because we've, we've pushed aside the move of the Spirit, we've pushed aside the intoxication of the Holy Ghost, we've pushed aside the joy, because when all of that comes, it's like a mighty rushing wind, it's like cloven tongues of fire, it's like everybody's drunk in the house, and, and it's pandemonium all over the place, and there's no structure. Well, brother, if we have the Holy Ghost show up, then we, you know, we can't start a, church, a service at 10.30 in the morning and get out by 12. That The Holy Ghost shows up, it's going to be 1 or maybe 2, maybe 2.30. Okay, so your point is? I mean, all people ever do after church is go eat. And you're normally standing in the buffet line or you're standing in the restaurant line and you're standing around the Methodists and the Baptists and the Catholics because they're all out of their deal and they're all showing up at the restaurant at the same time. But if you give it an hour or two later, it'll just be the Holy Ghost-filled Pentecostal standing there ready to go right in. You're not even waiting in line for anybody because all the people there, they got out of church early. They've already been through the buffet. It's wide open for you. 
So instead of standing in line, waiting to get in line to get a seat, why don't you just stay drunk in church and get full of the Holy Ghost, and then you can go get some food to eat. Food's not going anywhere. See, if we allow the Holy Spirit to show up on a Sunday morning, then it's going to, it's going to you know, time's going to be a problem. It's going to be an issue. Somebody's going to get upset. Yeah, but somebody could also get glad. Somebody could get healed. Somebody could have a miracle in their marriage. Somebody could have a breakthrough in their finances. Hello? See, and I'm going to close with this. The Holy Spirit spoke to me one day about revival and the end time move. And he told me this. He said, he said church as you know it is going to go away completely. It's going to be totally different in the last days. All of man's structures and man's plans are going to go bye-bye. The way we structure everything is going to go bye-bye when the Holy Spirit shows up. It's going to change everything that we do. Are you listening to me? Everything that we do. Obviously, it has to come and change everything we do because obviously up to this point, we haven't really been successful. Hello? We only do church the way we do it because we were taught that way. Because the previous generation taught us and the previous generation was taught by the previous generation. But was taught by the previous generation. If we were a generation, generation of revivalists, that love the move of the Holy Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to move, then guess what? We're going to teach the next generation about the move of the Spirit of God. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to raise up another generation that all they know is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. All they know is when you come to church, God shows up and He moves in a very powerful way and we could be there two, three, four, four and a half, five hours. We could be there all day. Hello. That's what's going to happen in the last days. I think we're going to start a meeting and it might not end. I'm not talking about the next day or the next day. I'm talking about it might run for two or three days long. It might be a three or four day long meeting. You might have to carry some cologne in your purse because you might be stinking after two days. Are you listening to me? Hello? But I believe the encounters that we're going to have with God in these last days, it's going to drop such a fire within us and it's going to take us places we never thought we'd ever go. I believe there's going to be such demonstration of the power of God when you walk out of the building and you go into the shopping mall or you go into Walmart or you're going to go do something. You're going to go pump gas somewhere. I believe the anointing of God's going to just flow out of you and people are going to, listen, you're not even going to have to go up to them and say, uh, do you know that God loves you and has a plan for your life? People are going to come to you and say, I need Jesus. I see something in you. You've got something that I need. I need Jesus. You better, you need to tell me how to get saved. I've got to get saved right now. I'm telling you right now, God is going to draw them in by His Spirit. Everything the way we do it, everything's going to change. Because when the whole, when we're so full of God, it, God's just going to flow right out of us. Everywhere we go, the anointing of God's going to just keep flowing out of us. 
And that's what we need. See, we've got to get as far away from religion as possible, far away from tradition as possible, and allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. If you don't know Jesus and need to rededicate your life right now, pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess right now that Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart, take out the hardened heart, and give me a heart of flesh. Change me, Lord. Let me never be the same again. I repent and turn from my ways. I make you Lord of my life right now. Use me, Lord, in these days we are in. I am ready for your coming and always will be. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul and setting me free. Amen. Now, if you pray this prayer, I would love to hear from you. So please email me at revivalpodcasthb at gmail.com. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Messages of Revival Podcast. For more, subscribe to Messages of Revival Podcast on Anchor, Google Podcast, and iTunes. And share this podcast with somebody that needs to be uplifted and blessed. God bless you.